Hey, my name is Cheryl Witten, and this is the Aromatherapist Podcast. My newest book, Essential Oil Dilution Guide, is the antidote to confusing aromatherapy instructions and bad recipes. This is the book you need to undo everything you've learned on the internet. In this book, Essential Oil Dilution Guide, I explore how to use essential oils safely. You can learn with me about essential oils and allergic reactions, irritations and sensitizations, phototoxicity, methods of application, types of carrier oils, how to dilute by age and health condition, the right way to ingest essential oils, contraindications for pregnancy, epilepsy, children, and more, and the aromatherapy secret everyone wants to know, the blending formula you need to finally properly calculate your own DIY recipe or blend. Essential Oil Dilution Guide is available now on Amazon. My guest today is Sandra Rubin, who is a National Ayurvedic Medical Association board-certified Ayurvedic practitioner and a certified Ayurvedic wellness educator. She is a passionate healer and educator and has acquired her education from the Southern California University of Health Sciences. She has traveled to India to learn in-depth concepts of this ancient Indian medicine taught by the top Ayurvedic doctor in one of India's best Ayurvedic hospitals. She has studied and interned under Dr. Anu, and Sandra has named her practice after Dr. Anu in admiration of her dedication and strength to growing Ayurveda in the United States. Sandra currently has an Ayurvedic practice located in Henderson, Nevada, where she provides individualized Ayurvedic protocols, which include diet, lifestyle, and herbal treatments. Sandra Rubin was a certified public accountant prior to switching professions. She has a long history of dedication to education and used this methodical approach to learning ancient Indian medicine. So today, Sandra and I kind of dive into the basics of Ayurveda and really talk about the different tissues in the body in in the Ayurvedic perspective and how nourishing these tissues and by taking an approach of support and balance can help to bring vitality to the body or produce ama, which is the first, really the first state of disease, which is the accumulation of metabolic waste. So we talk about how lifestyle, diet, and herbs can all affect and change these tissues in your body. So my friends, Sandra Rubin. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to the show. Hi. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before we dive into our conversation, (laughs) I'm excited to talk to you about Ayurveda, but I'm really curious about your background. So you were a certified public accountant before working in Ayurveda. So that feels like a really big shift to me. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got here? Like what brought you to medicine? Yeah. So I uh, had, uh, you know, a health journey, I would say, where I was extremely ill at a very young age in the sense of, you know, 30 years old. Okay. Where um, I was living, I thought was a very healthy lifestyle. I exercised every single day. I was hiking mountains, you know, and, and eating salads and, and healthy food. And um, I started to experience uh, a lot of fatigue. I started to experience a lot of muscle pain. And, um, you know, I, I was going to all the doctors and and I'm trying to understand what's going on with my health. And 
um, you know, as, as my disease was progressing, I wasn't really getting any answers besides, you know, go to this doctor, go to that doctor, get this test, get that test, get this test. And so at the end of this, you know, progressively worsening condition, um, I wasn't getting any advice on basically, you know, what could be happening with my body, what, you know, foods that I'm eating that could be actually impacting my health. And, um, at the time I was searching for those answers and I really wasn't getting that kind of support for my, for my doctors. And so, um, I started, um, at the same time, I started just doing my own research because, um, I knew just, just going through this experience that I wasn't really going to get health from my doctors. You know, I was going to get diagnosis. That was, that was basically what I was looking for. And, you know, medications that were basically, um, going to give me, you know, side effects or, or shorter lifespan. Basically, that was what I was looking at. And I didn't want to accept that as an answer because I was in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm a healthy person. Like, where did this come from? This doesn't make any sense. And um, at the same time, I was also having a small child who was um, also dealing with her health issues where she was also uh, constantly sick and started to develop alopecia where, you know, she was getting hair loss. And, you know, as a parent, you know, I'm just like, you know, what is going on? What is going on in our family? What is going on in our life that is causing all of this illness? And so I didn't want to um, take the, the regular, I guess, mainstream approach to my health, nor did I want to do that for my child. And so I started to do the research and I started to look outside the norm. Right. And I was, I was outcasted, you know, by my family and by friends. And they're like, you know, what are you doing? Like, just, you know, just take these medications or why are you changing your diet? And, and that was the kind of, you know, you know, uh, feedback that I was getting in my own, you know, family. And so it was extremely difficult to go against the norm. And, um, and also to, to not be well, right. They just didn't understand how could I not be well. And so, um, I, I found, um, Ayurveda as a way to start helping to rebalance, uh, my life and my family's life. And, um, I, I took the approach of natural health care and I started to regain my health very slowly. You know, I started to incorporate um, different foods into our diet. I started to really pay attention to what we were eating. Um, I seeked help from, you know, certified professionals and, um, we were able to slowly start to change our lifestyle. And, um, you know, a lot of factors come into play as you're, as you're regaining your health, understanding that there's stress involved. Um, you know, and so when I'm, I'm coming from a background, of um, very high stress, lots of work hours as an accountant. Um, you know, these were all things that I started to look at and pay attention and say, okay, well, you know, these are playing a factor in my health and my long-term health and how am I going to change and adjust? So um, those were all of the things that I, I really did consider. 
and um, decide that, you know, this is something that I didn't want long term. I didn't want um, to continue um, in this profession long term because there, you know, it's it's industry standard, basically, that you will work not late nights and you will work weekends and and there is there is no stopping. Right. So um, I decided that um, I was going to change professions. And if I was going to change professions, I really wanted to be serious about what I was doing. So I researched and um, I found, you know, one of the best schools in the United States uh, at the Southern California University of Health Sciences. And I studied um, at that school and I took the education very seriously and uh, decided to, um, you know, move forward and, and write a book on all of the, the information that I was learning so that. Um, it can be used by other Ayurvedic practitioners and people in the industry as a reference guide. That's amazing. Well, it's so interesting you talk about just being outside the norm. And we're going to talk about Ayurveda, which is an ancient healing system, which like, you know, in other parts of the world used to be the normal thing, you know. So it's so interesting how everything shifts. And I, like you, am very interested in just sort of traditional ways of of how we used to do things for health, right? So let's talk about Ayurveda. Um, we've talked a little bit on the show before about um, Ayurvedic medicine and just the idea that it's really hard to talk about such a massive system in like one episode uh, and distill it down into like a couple words. But can you just explain what Ayurveda is and give us a refresher in simple terms? Yeah, so Ayurveda... Um, actually means the science of life. And it is an ancient Indian medicine that's over 5,000 years old. And it uses diet and lifestyle and herbs to help rebalance the body. Okay, and it's been perfected over centuries. And it is a qualities-based science. So we look at the qualities of the imbalance to determine the types of imbalances that are happening in the body. So let's say you are experiencing a lot of air and space qualities in the body, like gas, loading, distension. So we look at that and we say, okay, we see these qualities happening in the body. And then we look at your diet. Is your diet also high in air and space? Meaning you're eating foods that are like popcorn right? Or salad, right? They're crunchy and they have a lot of air and space in the food. And so if you are increasing the qualities in the body and in the diet, in the body, then you're going to experience, you know, some of these gas and bloating, right? And so we look at them and we say, okay, how do we rebalance the body? So we're going to make recommendations to balance that to offset that. And so Ayurveda looks at the qualities and the balance in the body, and then we adjust your diet. And then we also look at your lifestyle. What if maybe you are having an irregular lifestyle that would also increase the air and space in the body because it's increasing Vata. Uh, Vata is mostly made up of air and space. So those changes in your lifestyle can also help to rebalance the body. So we would say, Let's try to be pretty regular. What time are you waking up in the morning? What time are you going to sleep at night? 
Um, are you doing any kind of regular meditation, things like that to keep the body in a form of regularity. Okay. And so we look at the diet, we look at the lifestyle, and if we need to, we also recommend herbs and we look at the qualities in the herbs. Do they have an unaloma action, meaning a downward action so that we could push the air and space downward so we can reduce the air and space in the body. So we look at all of those things to help rebalance the body. And so Ayurveda um, is really helpful with disease management because we look at the qualities and the imbalance and we look at trying to restore balance in a way that is not, um, I would say, where you would be like ripping off a Band-Aid, right? Mm. We, we look at it as a very uh, gentle approach mm. to rebalancing the body. So the qualities is really a key part of Ayurveda. And I think what most people know about Ayurveda is doshas, and you mentioned the vata. Mm-hmm. Can you touch a little bit about that and then, you know, how and kind of go over what it is in a little bit more depth? And then how do we use that in Ayurvedic medicine? You mentioned it a little bit, but also how does the average person use that? Because it's kind of what we know about it, I think, in the general public is sort of really commercialized idea simplified idea of what a dosha is or, or sort of the qualities even generally in Ayurveda? Yeah. So the three doshas, vata, pitta, kapha, are the three biological energies in the body. And everybody has all three. So, you know, you see these like dosha quizzes online. And so, um, you know, it's from an Ayurvedic perspective, we use um, these, the dosha you know, test to determine your prakriti, meaning what uh, you were born with, what kind of body type are you? And then when you come into a consultation, we look at the vikriti or the vitiation of what is going on in the body, which doshas are out of balance. And so doshas, these biological energies in the body, uh, we have vata, which is mostly made up of air and space. And um, we have pitta, which is made up of fire and water. And we have kapha made up of water and earth. And so these three biological energies make up the whole body. So we look at, um, you know, are you showing signs of an imbalance in the body so that we can determine how to support and balance those doshas? And also there are very specific, um, they're called subdoshas or locations where um, these uh, biological energies are, and they're supposed to be, okay? And when they move or relocate is where we see an imbalance. And so, um, you know, if we're going to talk about air and space or vata, we would say a person who has vata qualities or vata prakruti is someone who, um, you know, is a thinner kind of build, okay? They may also have... Um, some, you know, uh, more prone to uh, stress and anxiety. They may have more prone to sleep issues. Um, They may show qualities of um, not having a similarity in their, in their facial structures. Um, They may be also um, tend to um, have drier skin, drier hair. 
And then uh, Pitta uh, Prakriti type of people would have more of um, a symmetrical body type, more really good muscle tone. Um, they'd be pretty quick-witted um, and be more tend towards anger and that kind of thing or irritability. And then a kapha type of person, we would say, um, is more of a stable type of person when they were, you know, they probably just grew up where they were, they look pretty solid, right? They have um, a tendency to gain weight more easily. Um, they also tend to um, get depressed more easily in the non-healthy state. Um, but generally, they are pretty stable. They don't um, stress out as quickly. They tend to be pretty happy. Um, and they are, um, I would say, generally have pretty good um, luxurious hair. And they, uh, but also could possibly tend towards more like cystic acne type of people. Okay. So those are, you know, some of the things that you would see. So you can kind of like, you know, personalize yourself and say, okay, well, I could see myself as more of this kind of person, right. Or this body type. Right. But then from an Ayurvedic perspective, we are looking for the vitiation where has um, your diet or your, or your lifestyle um, caused an imbalance in the body and where has it, you know, um, caused this disruption. So we look to see, um, how do we bring that back into balance for you? So you feel really good and improve the quality of your life because Ayurveda, um, really focuses on that. Yeah. So, so your constitution is generally one type of dosha, but then you can have where, where it it increases another, yeah, one of the other types increases, and then that can cause issues. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, um, so we have to make sure that we are, you know, supporting, um, you know, the functions of each one of these biological energies, right? So the function of Vata is to create movement in the body, um, and has, you know, the breathing motion in the body, um, removal of waste, from the body, uh, pumping the heart, um, you know, the, the, um, the point is, is that we have to make sure that these biologicals are happy. They are being supported in the body. And so Vata is considered the king of doshas. And if it's not happy, mm-hmm. nobody's happy. Mm-hmm. So, um, we want to make sure that we support Vata and how can we support Vata? So um, because the qualities of vata are, we spoke a little bit about it, light, cold, dry, rough. Those are the qualities of vata. So in order to balance vata, we have to do the opposite of those qualities. So we have to do warm, soft foods that kind of nourish vata, okay? So we're always playing this little balancing game. And so... Uh, Pitta. Pitta is the energy of transformation. Okay. It's the conversion of the metabolism. It um, helps in the digestion of food and maintaining the body temperature. And so um, it regulates the thirst and the appetite. So we want to make sure that we support Pitta. Okay. How do we balance Pitta? The qualities of Pitta are oily, sharp, hot. So 
we want to offset those because if we eat more hot and spicy foods and fried foods that are oily, you're just going to aggravate pitta. So we want to balance it. So what are we going to do? We're going to do foods that are a little bit more mild in taste, foods that are freshly cooked and not fried. We want to make sure we don't eat inflammatory foods like tomatoes and any of the nightshades, really, right? Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure that we support the functions in of pizza without aggravating it, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. And then for kapha, kapha's functions are stability in the body, um, maintaining the unctuousness of the body and the tolerance of the mind and the body. And so the qualities of kapha are heavy, cold, and soft, and slow. So how do we balance that in the body? So we want to be mindful of the heavy foods that we eat, like meat, red meat is pretty heavy, and bread, it's pretty heavy. So we want to make sure that we are eating foods that would be a little bit lighter, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do more vegetarian foods that may help, right, if you're showing signs of a kapha imbalance. But the main thing is we want to support kapha, we want to support pitta, and we want to support vata in a diet that is pretty um, consistent, right? That's the big thing with um, the biological energies in the body. We want to support them, right? So we want to be able to say, okay, let's be pretty regular with our sleeping habits. Let's be pretty uh, consistent with the types of foods that we eat, right? Because sometimes switching from like Italian or Thai or Chinese or, you know, everyone loves to like, you know, go out and, and have all these different kinds of foods, but not understanding that um, the digestive system isn't prepared for all these different tastes and, and, and kinds of foods, right? It really likes regularity. So it just is easier on the digestive system if it knows what it's eating, what time it's eating, what time you're waking up. And then it, it gets into a rhythm, right? And that's when it's at optimal performance, right? Because that's, you know, everyone wants the best quality of life, not just to go through life, right? It's really that quality of life that we're looking for to make sure that it is um, really enjoyable. And Ayurveda helps to educate people on restoring that balance in your life. Yeah. So that actually kind of leads me to my next question. So as you said, it's all about balance, all about harmony. Other healing systems really look at they kind of see and treat each tissue and organ as separate. But in Ayurveda, each tissue is actually kind of dependent on another. So it's like a stepwise fashion. So this one leads to the next one leads to the next one. So if one is off, then the next tissue is affected. And I think that's called Datu. I have no idea if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, yeah. Can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that uh, and yeah. the relationship between Agni and Ama and the Datu? Yeah. So um, we could talk a little bit about the dachus. According to Ayurveda, there are seven dachus. The first one is rasa, which is translated into plasma. Mm -hmm. The second one is rakta, which is translated into blood. The third one is mamsa, which is translated into muscle. The fourth one is medu, which is um, translated into adipose tissue or fat tissue. The fifth one is asti, which is translated as bone. And then the sixth one is maja, which is translated into bone marrow. 
And the seventh is shukra, which is translated as reproductive tissue. Okay. And so with these seven datus, um, they have very specific functions in the body. So rasa is nourishing all the datus and supporting the body. The blood is um, giving life. Okay. So it supplies uh, uh, prana or oxygen to all components of the body. We have the mums, uh, the muscles, which cover all of the organs. And we have the fat. It, uh, it does lubrication for the body and it gives strength as well uh, to the bones and, the, and uh, provides nutrients to all the ligaments. And we have the bone itself, which is the hardest among all the datus and it gives supportive function. And the bone marrow is the filling um, and it helps with the nervous tissues. And then the reproductive tissues gives formation of the sperm and the ovum, okay? And so if all of these are uh, functioning properly, meaning in the sense that they're getting nourished, and how do they get nourished is by the Agni, right? The Agni or the digestive fire has to be at the optimal level in order for you to be able to absorb a stimulant and digest all of your food. So if your plasma, that first building block, is not being nourished, you would see things like uh, dryness, fatigue, emaciation, exhaustion, inability to bear noise. Those are key signs um, from an Ayurvedic perspective that we look at to determine if that first building block is not being nourished. Um, you know, even things like the menstrual flow being affected, right? Because that's actually considered a sub-tissue of the plasma. Uh, even things like breast milk, right? You just had a baby, something like that, where you can't provide enough breast milk. We would look at that and say, okay, well, we really need to nourish that first building block because there's no matter what you want that baby to take from you, there's nothing there because you're not supporting it for yourself. How are you supposed to give it to a small child? The key is to um, make sure, like we had said, like the Agni is strong or exactly where it needs to be. So that the first building block gives and nourishes to the second building block and third and the fourth. And so if that first building block is not being nourished, what it's providing to the second one, to the blood is less. What it's providing to the muscles is even less. What it's providing to the fat is even less. So you go all the way down. And then a lot of the times there's just nothing left. There's nothing left to give and support um, tissue. Right. And then I know you said you also wanted to hear a little bit about AMA, right? Yeah. And so Agni yeah. into, I, I don't, I don't know how you say that. The is it ojas? How do you say that? Oh, the ojas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is the vitality piece of agni, yes. right? Whereas mm -hmm. ama is when there's toxins, essentially. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you, yeah. Can you just explain, you kind of mm -hmm. touched on a little bit with the dot mm -hmm. that kind of what happens when it's working well, what does agni produce? Yeah. So, so agni is a fire that governs all transformation. And the primary, fu the primary function is digestion and absorption and assimilation. And it, and it transforms the food. Okay, so disease happens um, as a result of that impairment of the metabolism. So um, Agni's function 
um, is responsible for so many things in the body, like visual perception, for maintaining a normal temperature, for complexion, for giving confidence and courage, for fearlessness, creating joy and laughter, um, mental clarity, intelligence, and strength. So Agni is really important in the body. And so what we look at is what does a normal Agni look like? We consider that as Sama Agni, where it's a balanced metabolism. And all of the doshas are in balance, or the Agni has a state of equilibrium. And you may be hungry for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Your digestion is strong. You feel that desire to eat. When your digestive fire is not strong, you're actually accumulating metabolic toxins in the body because the digestion is not strong. You're just dumping it on top, right? So that's something where we'll go into the next topic, which is AMA, right? You can start creating metabolic toxins in the body and you're seeing uh, as raw, unripe, uncooked food in the digestive system. Okay. And that actually is considered like the first stage of disease. So essentially when Agni works well, all of your circulation works properly. It moves through each of the datus properly. And that is that what creates ojas? Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. So ojas is um, the essence of the datus, right? It helps with immunity. And it is considered um, where, you know, if you have a good quality ojas in the body, you are um, having really good energy and you feel really strong and healthy. Um, if, you, if you feel like it's, um, it's depleted, we like to recommend things that would be a little bit more nourishing on the body, but it's, it's the life energy in the body. And yes, if, if, if the dachus are at their optimal um, performance and the agni is strong, you will have really good quality ojas in the body. Okay. And so then if your agni is, you're having issues with your agni, um, whether it's too high or it's too low or you, and then you, you get into ama, which produces waste, and then that backs up into the tissues. Is that correct? And then you end up with disease. Yes. Is that kind of a simplified version? <laughs> yes. It's a simplified version. Yes. Okay. So then how do we, what do we do to start restoring this? You mentioned diet. So, and again, Ayurveda really focuses on qualities. If you have this quality, these kind of symptoms, then you do the opposite. Is that kind of where you start? Do we eliminate ama first and then focus on the, the Agni or do we enhance the Agni first? Kind of how do we go about it? Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, they're called Adipana Apachana herbs that we use. Um, what that means is we increase the Agni and we digest the Ama that's in the body and we eliminate it at the same time, right? So we have this approach where we, um, you know, we would do it as it's considered a shamana treatment, a palliative treatment. And um, sometimes that is effective. Okay. And most Ayurvedic practitioners will take that approach first. Let's do the easiest way to handle this situation. But sometimes 
um, you're dealing with a situation that is chronic, meaning it's over a year. And, um, you know, it, in those particular cases where um, the disease is pretty progressed, we have to take the approach of a Shodana treatment, which is a detoxification treatment. And that's where we prime the body um, to eliminate all of the metabolic toxins. And we basically start from scratch. We clean all the channels, we clean all the organs, and then we do a shamana treatment, a palliative treatment to try to now start to replenish all of the tissues and rebuild healthy tissues to start getting a really good quality um, cell in the body. All these tissues are now um, actually performing the way they're supposed to. And then you start to see some really good healing. So I believe that, you know, making it where you are taking an approach of your health as um, something that needs to be worked on, right? Where you don't just say, okay, I'm just going to um, deal with this today and that's it. It's more of like, okay, how do I get from A to Z is going through B and C and D, right? And so taking that approach of this is an everyday um, approach to my healthcare management. Yeah, and I think I, it's also important to to say in a culture where we don't fully adapt um, ancient healing systems that it's very easy to misunderstand what panchakarma is and detoxification. We're not talking about like, you know, detox diets or whatever that, you know, the internet goes nuts over. There's a very specific um, theories behind this, and it takes a lot of years to understand this, um, which kind of brings me to my next question. You actually see over simplified stuff about this online all the time, and people kind of take stuff and kind of warp it a little bit and create these fad diets using, you know, theories of old systems. Or, oh, you have these symptoms, you have these qualities, you have this dosha, eat this food, take this herb, blah, blah, blah. To me, it's way too basic. Doshas are really, really complicated diagnosing, understanding the, the imbalances of and presentation of imbalance in your doshas and just different qualities is really complicated. It takes a lot of expertise to understand that. So how do you feel about this approach that what we see? What do you think? How do we approach this? How do, how do people adapt more Ayurvedic lifestyle that's more nuanced instead of sort of this simplified version? I think if people are trying to look at their, their, their health and say, I'm going to try to implement something that may work for me, I would encourage that, right? Because that to yeah. me is now you're, you're trying to take a healthy approach to your life, right? To managing your health, um, instead of the quick fix of, you know, a pill that may or may not cause a side effect, right? And, a, and another issue down the road, because it may, you know, be um, dealing with a symptom, but not addressing the root cause. And, and to me, that is more concerning because then it goes deeper into the tissues and it goes deeper into the organs. And then we're dealing with a completely different issue. So if they are going to take the approach of, let me look at something that may help, I would say, you know, try and see, do you feel like it's helping? But at the same time, yes, yeah, sometimes you do need some guidance and Finding um, an Ayurvedic practitioner that you feel comfortable working with is sometimes the best approach. And um, and if it's not 
one person that you feel comfortable with, I would say try again, because um, eventually you will find someone that you really feel comfortable managing your health. And, um, you know, taking, like you said, um, the approach of incorporating a different lifestyle change into your into your daily routine is sometimes really hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even though it's not perfect, I would say still try. Mm -hmm. So it's not about perfection. It's about knowing that that's where you want to be. That's where you're aiming to get to. So being kind to yourself in your healing process is really important. It's not going to happen overnight, especially if you haven't been given um, information, you know, your whole life, because, you know, the American diet, the American lifestyle is, I want to say very ama inducive, you know, it just, it just creates such a large imbalance. There is a correlation to what you're doing on a daily basis. And, and the American lifestyle doesn't really encourage that kind of thought process. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, I would say people are open to researching different health modalities. You know, I would encourage it, but to be mindful, always be, you know, inquisitive enough to say, if I don't feel like this is helpful or if this is too harsh on my body, or um, does it, you know, can there be something that could happen if I do something really, you know, not, you know, that looks questionable, question it, you know, and seek advice because there is a lot of stuff online that could be harmful. And, um, but just to, just, you know, to research what you're looking for and, and how it may help you, I would say do your due diligence. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sandra, for your time and for your knowledge and expertise. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your book that you mentioned and where we can find more about you? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure talking with you. Um, my book is the Ayurvedic Practitioner's Resource Guide, a mind map guide, and it has taken my background as a, an accountant and my ability to have um, organizational skills, I would say, that are above normal because when you're dealing with accounting, you have to be extremely precise and organized. And so when I was learning all of the principles of Ayurveda and all of the information, I decided to say, okay, how can we, um, how can I reference this information very quickly? How can I remember the information and learn the information and memorize information in a way that's really simple and will be able to be imprinted into my brain? So I created these maps so that I can understand the correlation between very specific concepts and I can very easily reference information so that when I'm, first of all, explaining it to other people, or if I'm teaching it to students, they have a visual, they are able to see the major concepts and be able to relate to it and connect the dots. And so I created this whole book with um, a layout just like that. And then, um, so it's, it's mainly meant for Ayurvedic practitioners or wellness educators who are looking for more visual visualization of Ayurvedic concepts and be able to reference data very, very quickly. That's actually amazing. I have to say I'm training. I'm always in school, if you like, um, but I'm actually in the middle of my Ayurvedic, um, training right now. Um, oh, wonderful. I am so 
oh my gosh, I am just struggling. I am slogging it because it's just the language of it, you know, like it's like, I can't, I understand the concepts, but the, to, to remember what this word means and this word means, <laughs> right, right. So I might have to get your book. <laughs> this is going to help because yeah, the map helps. I'm an I'm visual as well. So being able to see, okay, this is what this is connecting to then that. Yeah, it's a slog big time. Anyway, keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, I, I agree. It's 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 learning Sanskrit, right? Another language. Yes. Yeah. And you have to translate in your head so that you feel comfortable, but also having it as a reference guide. So knowing that, you know, a specific herb, because um, Ayurveda has, the, you know, like I mentioned, the qualities, right? We're looking yes. at the qualities and we're saying, okay, well, is ginger um, a hot quality? Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, right? We, we That one's easy, right? It's, you put it in your mouth and it's pretty hot, but actual, it's post-digestive action on the body is sweet, right? And just mm-hmm. knowing that, okay, if I don't remember it, right, then you have a reference guide available, you know? So for me, um, you know, creating all the notes through um, through my studies was helpful. I loved it. But when am I going to be able to reference all of my chicken scratch, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of like a little cheat sheet. Perfect. <laughs> for each, yeah. And so can we get that on your website or is that yeah. just wherever books are? Yeah, um, it's um, on my website, anewayurvedahealth.com. Uh, there is a, a link there where you can purchase the book in the shop. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was wonderful to meet you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you taking out the time and talking with me today. It's been a wonderful experience. Okay, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be forever indebted. For more information on aromatherapy or herbs, please visit thearomatherapist.ca. If you'd like to connect online, You can find me on Instagram at Cheryl the Herbalist, and you can find the show on Instagram at the.aromatherapist. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Cheryl, and I am the Aromatherapist. This podcast is for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your medical condition. This podcast and the guests thereof do not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, information, herbs, supplements, or any other product that may be mentioned. Reliance on any information provided is solely at your own risk. We recommend you speak to your healthcare provider, your pharmacist, and a trained herbalist or aromatherapist before commencing any programs.